Last week on Stop Pretending, we had a guest named Jess all the way from Australia talking about her collection called Salt and Gold. And we talked about how her painting comes from time with the Lord and just complete conviction um, in her own personal life. And then she just shares that and walks that out as um, on mission. And I just thought that was exceptional that she doesn't even consider herself an artist, but a missionary. And every decision she makes and every piece she creates and everywhere she goes is is just a genuine response to her love for Jesus. And that was the most authentic thing I've ever heard. One of the things that she said that really struck my heart was, if I had only known the comfort that was available to me, it would have saved me so much heartache. She's talking about that time when she met God for the first time and realized that he was available to her for comfort. He was available to walk with her through things that were hurting. And when I think about those who are hurting in my life, I wonder, like, am I honestly giving them what I have? Am I sharing Jesus with them as the hope, as the one who saves? Or am I just keeping that to myself and letting them continue to suffer? And so Jess and I talked for over an hour, but, you know, honestly, one of my favorite parts was in her introduction when she's describing what salt and gold is. So she says the salt is the truth, right? It's it's seeing the Lord do miracles with water. God uses mir miracles or he uses water constantly all throughout scripture. He parts the sea. He walks on water. So salt is that truth that is oftentimes um, symbolized through water. And then the gold is the presence of the Lord, just wanting him to be there. The gold is this imagery around the gift of prophecy, which is simply put just God speaking to you and you giving that to someone else for their benefit, right? And so the gold is listening to the Lord to see things through his eyes. And so it's really exciting. I mean, just one of the greatest thrills in life is being able to call out the gold in someone else. It's so easy. We all walk around judging others and criticizing. It's so easy to see sin. It's visible. And, uh, but when we have the mind of Christ, when we put on um, prayer and intimacy with the Lord and live out from that place, we have different eyes that allow us to see who God made that person to be. And then we can encourage them to be that person. We can speak out the gold, right? And so it's so interesting because she says, we think we've seen every side of who God is, or we think we know him perfectly. We know the parameters that he can be in. As Christians, sometimes we think we have all the answers. But every time we think that, we can go before him or be in his presence and and think we have all this sorted out, but then he says, um, well, what about this? Or what do you think about that? We haven't talked about this yet. And so, yeah, there are seasons of understanding where the Lord is kind and he, he walks with us in our journey of life and he takes off mask and he unveils our eyes to new truths. And he is always going to be doing that in love for others, for you and for others. And so we're never going to see things perfectly. We're never going to love perfectly like he does on this side of heaven, but we can lean into who he says people are and what he says is true. And it 
it might surprise us. It will surprise us over and over and over again. So this is our second week of Stop Pretending with our new title, our new our new graphics, and I'm just so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be talking about all of this together and becoming genuine women who are seeking the Lord and living out passionate lives with purpose and listening to God's voice and moving in that and allowing um, allowing our soul to be set on fire, allowing our heart to be soft and just moving in what is true to us and not, not people-pleasing, not being perfect, not striving in a life of chaos and exhaustion, but instead really seeking out what's true to you and living that out. And so I welcome you here today. I'm super excited to be in this conversation. Last week's episode was definitely one of my all-time favorites, and I'm challenged by it, and I think it's the perfect conversation to kick off this season. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, definitely let me know if you want to talk about this one-on-one and definitely jump in the Facebook community to be a part of of conversations about this. All right. All right. So how do we see the golden others? What does it even mean? What does it mean to see the golden others? Is, is that like simply being at peace with everyone? You know, there's that scripture of being at peace with all people. Is that what we're talking about? Or is it more than that? So this kind of takes me back to the Enneagram 9 person, right? And so this conversation of is it peacekeeper or is it peacemaker? And there's a huge difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker, right? So we're talking about seeing gold, giving life to others, and doing that by seeing through God's eyes, by listening to his spoken word and to move in that, to take action in that, because it's more than just giving life to others is more than just keeping peace. And so I'm like, God, what does that mean? What are you trying to say? Tell me, tell me more about this. Seeing the gold in someone is actively pursuing truth in order to set that person free, actively pursuing truth, fighting for them. Y'all, I am convicting myself today, not even kidding. Like, Pursuing gold or seeing gold in someone is actually speaking the words given to you by God, using your voice. We talked about not hiding our relationship with God, not hiding what he's doing in our lives and keeping it to ourselves, but using it. That is the purpose of your life is to use your voice, use your story, use your gifts, use your talents. Is it writing? Is it speaking? Is it painting? Or is it cooking? Is it spreadsheets? Because if you're passionate about spreadsheets, I need you in my life. I know nothing about spreadsheets. But basically, it's genuinely being authentic and flowing out of who you are, who God says you are, to faithfully serve and share who Jesus is to others. And that's how you see the gold, right? Because we need to be giving Jesus to those who need comfort right now. Right now, the world is so lonely. It's so broken. It's lost. And and we know what that feels like. And so if we have the answers and we can help someone who's suffering or feeling alone or feeling like they're hurting, then shouldn't we do that? Shouldn't we give that? And not only does it benefit them, it brings life to us because when we feel genuine, 
it's going to make us come alive. It's going to help us serve our family better and show up as the person that we want to be. And so it's just this perfect balance of giving and loving and receiving. And I, I guess one of the things, if I'm super honest, is how do you give something away if sometimes you struggle to believe it yourself, right? So sometimes I see other people who maybe not, uh, they might not have a relationship with God. They might not be Christian. And I think, well, they look like they have it all together just fine. They don't need God. They don't need me. They are happy. They have good marriage. They're, they're great parents. And, you know, I don't have all the answers to that. And, but I, I just wanted to confess that, you know, it's okay to think through all of these things. But I think the point is that we are using what God gives us to bring life to those around us. And we never know. We never know what is really happening with what we're doing and what we're giving, how it's keeping someone afloat or how it's helping them with their day or how it's giving them life to realize, oh, I'm not alone in this. And as I get older, I realize that those people who I thought we're perfectly happy and had it all together. They're just like me. They need reassurance. They need love. They need a hug. They need words of encouragement that they're doing a good job. We, we need each other. And so your love for others is never going to be wasted. Never. So, okay. Lately, I've just had so much fun reading this, this Bible story. I sound like I'm teaching kids, don't I? Sometimes I tend to revert to that. Um, but it's, you can read about it in Luke seven. It's, I've just had this new sense of wonder reading about the woman who came to Jesus and poured out the expensive oil and she was doing that in worship. And that happens several times. So this is the woman who is called the sinful woman. And, um, and so I guess that helps, you know, the sinful woman comes to Jesus and everyone's (gasps) aghast. I can't believe that she's barged into this house and she's pouring out this expensive oil and, But this time I read the story and I said, God, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And sometimes I read through the Bible and I'm like, oh, I just need to skim through this and read my Bible today and check off that, you know, check off that to do. But sometimes I say, you know what? I don't want to read this and think about what I've been taught or think about what other people have said. I want to read this and ask you, God, what you have to say to me about this today. And, um, and letting God speak to me in a fresh way about that. And so I really had fun with this one and also cried with this one um, because it it just kind of um, it shattered me and I, I resonated with it. And so, so the people in the room with her, so Jesus is in the room. She comes in. I'd say she doesn't belong there. She's, she's a sinful woman. She's um, ostracized. She's put out, she's left out of the group. She's not included. And, and so all the people in the room are fixated on, on the oil. And oftentimes when you hear this teaching, we're talking about the oil, the cost of the oil. But what has never gotten my attention before is that she was crying. The woman was crying. I'm going to cry again. Okay. It stabs my heart because I know how many times I've come to the feet of Jesus crying. And you feel this weight on your chest like, I don't deserve to be here, right? 
Crying is this release of something that you've been holding on to so tight. Like, I'm trying so hard to be what I'm supposed to be. I'm trying to be whatever it is that I need to be, whatever strong, happy, put together. And then there comes this moment when, when someone sees you different and they say, wait, are you happy? Are you okay? Or wait, they take a minute for you and they say, well, tell me more about that. And suddenly that whole facade of being strong crumbles. And all of a sudden, I lose a grip on my expectations for myself. And I lose, I lose this idea of, okay, I've got it. I've, I've got it. I'm good. I'm, I'm keeping it together. And in its place comes crying. Crying is, you know, it's sometimes an expression of so much love. This feeling in your body that just needs to come out, just needs to be expressed. And sometimes I don't always have the words for it. Maybe Maybe I haven't paid enough attention to my feelings, maybe because I'm so busy, I'm so set on being successful, I'm so set on doing, meeting expectations and getting things done and, and just surviving and keeping my head above water that I haven't paid attention to how I feel. And I haven't put words to that. And so crying comes when someone says, wait a minute, wait a minute, how do you feel about that? Oh, wait, am I allowed to pay attention to how I feel? I'm allowed to feel something at all other than happy and strong, right? And so you cry. And so, and I'm not even talking about worldly success, right? Like it could be success at whatever, whatever you, whatever you think is good, whatever expectation that you have put on yourself or others have put on you. Like, like for me, like being successful at being present with my kids. Well, everyone says, don't blink, don't blink, enjoy your kids, they'll be gone. And so I like so put all my effort into loving my kids and being present with them and being content and enjoying it and I don't blink. Well, sometimes that can take a lot of effort to be successful at being present. Okay, another one, successful at being thankful, right? Like be thankful, be thankful, thankful. Thankfulness, gratitude, and anxiety cannot coexist. So I'm going to be thankful. God says be thankful in all things. So I'm going to, I'm going to always look for the positive. Well, sometimes that feels like a lot of effort, and I'd spend more time doing that than something else, okay? Successful at, like, greeting my husband with kindness every morning and afternoon. Y'all, it takes effort, right? Like, I have to choose that. Going through my son's book bags, keeping up with grades, feeding them again, again, again. They have to eat again and again. Like, we juggle so much. And then all of a sudden, there's a moment when someone sees you and all of that fades away, all the balls fall. And what's left is this release. This the if when the affection is shown to you, you release this surrendered heart of like letting that person in on this secret that actually life is really really hard. Living well, it's really hard. It's especially hard, though, if you have this tension under the surface, you know? So many of us walk around hiding some kind of secret, some regret, a shame, something that just eats at you. And that tension underneath can make all of those things on top feel so, so heavy. Because when we don't believe that we are enough, 
then we're going to pour all of our energy into being enough. And so that might, that energy might go into hiding our true self or wearing a mask of strength or whatever, whatever, you know, mask it is that keeps us safe. And so I think about this girl in the story and I imagine like she must've heard about Jesus before, right? He was known for his love for all of those on the fringe. You think about the hunger games and the people living in the fringe, right? And so these people on the outside, these people who don't deserve a place of worth in the margins, right? And, and at this time, we know that in the margins are women, all women, but then you add in an unholy sin and whoa, you're like super isolated and completely cast out. And so here's this woman in the margins, the deepest, thinnest margin there is. And she's heard about this loving Jesus. And I bet she just sat at home wishing, like imagining, did she dare imagine? Did she dare hope? But she's sitting there and she lets herself just for a minute secretly wish to know him. Like, wouldn't it be cool if he actually walked by me and I got to miraculously be healed by him? Oh, that would be amazing. Would he even notice I was there? How dare I even ask for something like that? Is it, how do I even open my heart to hope for something like that? I don't deserve that. That would never happen to someone like me. But then she dares to imagine her a little bit more, herself even bigger. She, in her imagination, she's like, oh, but if he did, I'm going to get even bolder with my wishes in my imagination. Well, if he did come here, I wouldn't even risk him not noticing me. I would jump out there and make sure I got my chance. And then Jesus does come. He actually did show up in her neighborhood. And she knew what was at stake because she'd already start to crack that that um, facade and she let that hope seep in in her imagination. And so when he came, she took her chance and she ran to the house where he was and she blocked out the haters and she blocked out the voices of logic and impossibility. And she threw herself at his feet, not asking permission from anyone else, not risking losing this opportunity. She didn't overthink it. Would it work? Will this work? Can he heal my broken heart? My heart's all used up. I've already lost my opportunity. I've wasted my chance. I'm t- it's too late. So would it work to go? And what else does she have to offer but what she has? Yes, oil. She has oil. But what else does she have but her broken heart? And that's it. Poured out. Honest. Willing. Ready for love. Ready for love. And the only way to meet love, genuine, true love, is when you show up honest. Because otherwise, who are they loving? Someone pretend, right? I don't know. I, I tried to think about, like, where did the oil come from? I did a little research about it. Maybe, I don't know. There's not, I didn't find a whole lot about it. Maybe the oil was payment for a service she provided. Maybe. Maybe it was her prized possession that she needed to hold on to this as kind of a safety net, like, so she'd be prepared when she needed it. Maybe it was kind of like her savings account, you know? She was willing to say, even this, Jesus, I give you my safety net. I give you what I, all that I have to fall back on. I offer everything I have to have your love. 
And the cool thing about it is unknowingly, she anointed the anointed one, the one who would need to need anointing for the death that was coming. And, and I think it was a year later, but still she poured out what she had and it, it was like the gold. She saw the gold in Jesus and she was pouring out anointing on the one who is anointed. It's so good. So I don't know. How do we see the gold in others? How do we see it? And it starts with seeing ourselves, our need for love. Jesus says that her story will be told for years and years and years. She was preparing the way for Jesus. And I genuinely believe that that is our purpose, is to prepare a way for Jesus for others using whatever we have. Whatever it is that is yours to give, give it. And when you give it, you will see the gold in others. We never, you know, we never know how our lives lived in worship is preparing the way. Sometimes it's hard to see. Might just feel like, being myself and maybe I should be trying harder. Maybe I should be doing something grander. But when we live surrendered, honest, in all of the one who is near to us, we get to take advantage of his availability. He's in your neighborhood. His attention is toward you, right? And we can let that acceptance, belonging, forgive, forgiveness, be a healing balm that washes over us. And, and, and being in that place will allow us to see the gold in others. It will bring unity. I think about all of these debatable issues at hand right now and for the past couple of years and how exhausting it is to try to figure out what do I think about this and what do I think about that? And the Holy Spirit can lead our opinion on that. You know, and but I think in the next few months, all of that stuff's going to be flaring up again in huge ways. And yeah, sure, we can be informed and we can take area, or I'm sorry, we can take action. You know, if God really convicts you about something, one of these topics, then yeah, run with it and follow his lead and speak his heart and see the golden others about that. Because as believers, we're called to to unify. We're called to unify. And we are called to see the gold in someone else and speak it into life. Prepare the way for Jesus to do what he does. Love and heal someone's shattered heart. Make space for that. I wish I could have been in the room with that woman and just come alongside her and made space for her. But thankfully, she wasn't waiting on anyone else to make space. She made space for herself to be with Jesus, and he met her right in that space of grace and gentleness. And I just love who he is. And so that's what we can do too. We can make space. We can meet others exactly as they are with grace and gentleness, and we can speak life into the darkness, right? Whatever neighborhood you're in, whatever gifting you have, use it to heal brokenness, use it to make a way for, for salt and because salt and gold go together. All right. 
So our bust a move for today is it's challenging. It's challenging. Think about the person you've been judging. <laughs> I know we don't judge anyone, but let me let me say it somewhere else. Maybe you're intimidated by someone. Well, why are you intimidated? Because she's just like you. She needs gold in her life. She needs love spoken in her life, right? Think about someone who has a different opinion than you, spiritually, politically. Ask God to help you see the beauty in that person and speak life. Speak life into that person. And so we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring the right person to mind right now and uh, just do your work. Do your work. Anointed one, we surrender our hearts to you and we love you and ask that you would just give us eyes to see the world as you do. We pray that we would not use too much logic, that we wouldn't overthink it, but that we would spend time with you learning your heart and that we would walk in that. Bless, blessings, blessings on all of you. Have fun this week.